It's an honour and a privilege and a great pleasure for me to be speaking today with my special guest who is only a short time away from having a book published which I can't wait to read. Her name is Anne Sailing. She is the daughter of one of the most beloved and respected men in entertainment history and that is of course Rod Sailing. And the book is called As I Knew Him, My Dad, Rod Sailing. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm, I'm so appreciative. I guess I first became aware of you as a writer when I read your adaption of, of One for the Angels. Can you just tell us a bit about uh, you and your writing, you know, what you've written, that sort of thing? Well, prior to doing that, I, I wrote a lot of poetry and mm-hmm. um, not, not a lot of short stories or anything like that. But then I did do the narratives of those two teleplays of my dad's. Initially, I was a little wary about doing that, but it it actually felt pretty seamless, I think, in part because my dad was such a descriptive writer. So I really enjoyed doing that. And then, of course, I've written a memoir. Before this particular book, I had started to write a book about my dad probably about 10 years after he died. And uh, that book was called As I Knew Him. I never completed it because at the time I wasn't, I didn't have the the emotional distance that mm. um, I needed. I was still pretty much in the throes of grief. And um, um, I'm sorry, the, the book, the first book I wrote was called In His Absence. I gave you the wrong title there. <laughs> that was the new one that's As I Knew Him. So anyway, th- this book, As I Knew Him, I probably started about five or six years ago, and wow. am now writing a novel. You were born in the same year that uh, Patterns was released, if if I've done my research rightly, and um, that's about the time your dad's career really began to take off. So, I guess you were you were born into um, your dad having this this job, which to someone like me seems very different and unique, but. To you, it was probably quite normal. When did you begin to realize that your dad's job was a little different than everyone else's? Well, it, it did actually, you're right, it did feel very normal because we were living in California at that time. We moved out there when I was about three, and my best friend's father was also a writer. So mm-hmm. um, it didn't, you know, I, and, and at the time, you know, it wasn't until actually I was about seven years old that I knew what my dad did for a living. I knew he was a writer, but I didn't know what it was, what, what it was specifically that he wrote. And mm-hmm. so, and I wrote about this in the book, um, some mean kid on the playground asked me one day if I was something out of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Never having even heard of the Twilight Zone, I went home and asked him what that meant, and he explained that he wrote for a series and that it was a little too old for me, and that was enough of a, an explanation at that point. So it was after that that I actually saw the first Twilight Zone I saw was uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. And I watched that episode with my dad at our mm-hmm. cottage. And I, I remember looking from the television screen to my father just stunned that this is what he wrote. And, of course, that particular episode, even I think it was written by Richard Matheson, but it was of little consolation that he hadn't written it because, of course, he still appeared on screen, you know, in the beginning and in the end. Yeah. So it was a little, little, little frightening at that point. But this, this was so not the dad that I knew. Did, did he choose that episode specifically or was it just that was on at the time and he thought, 
let's uh, let's introduce her to the Twilight Zone. Oh, I'm sure it just happened to be on. The the episodes that I like best myself are things like Walking Distance, A Stop at Willoughby, and I know that those ones were very important to your dad because he he uh, he found that kind of quiet life very important. With the pressures of being in show business, was he still able to give you that kind of childhood? Oh, I, I think so. You know, every summer we left California and we would come east to this cottage that uh, was actually on my mother's side of the family, built by her great-grandfather and her great-great-grandfather. And it mm-hmm. was an opportunity for all of us just to sort of relax and have our summers. And I don't know, you know, the, my dad had, you know, clearly a very idyllic childhood and I think you know he he still experienced that years later when we would all spend time at the cottage is the cottage still in the family yes it is yes it is oh it is it's about oh, wow. um, I guess about 130 years old now and my husband and I were actually married on the on the porch you've uh, you've touched we've touched on it so far but you've you know you've got the book coming out as I knew him um, my dad Rod Serling and uh, you know for anyone who isn't aware of it yet could you just give us an overview of uh, what we can expect from it an inside look at Rod Serling you know who he was as the dad and the man Uh, Mm -hmm. I have letters in the book that he wrote to his parents and that his parents wrote to him when he was in training camp before he went to the Philippines it's also a book about grief and losing a parent I can imagine it can't have been easy at times. Why Why did you decide you wanted to share these stories? Because it is a very personal thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, I, I think initially, you know, I, I had a very, very tough time when my dad died. And so, like my dad, I used writing as sort of, it was cathartic. Mm-hmm. And initially, that was why I wrote it. And... Um, I think another reason why I wrote it was I had become aware of two bios, quote-unquote, that were out there about my dad, and, and I had only skimmed one of them, but I'd read enough of it, Tom, that I was so incensed that it, it just it described a, a man that I wasn't, you know, even remotely familiar with, and, and you know, just full of bold-faced lies. Really? Uh, I mean, and I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the writers, Gordon Sanders, said that my father was livid when Random House wouldn't... They, they, he said they were publishing, I think it was my dad's novella, Susan to be Wary, and that, mm-hmm. and that my dad was furious that they had not promoted the book more. Well, the book was never even with Random House. It was with Little Brown. You know, and it, right from the get-go, from the beginning pages, he says we, ha- we had a dachshund and... He said things like that my mother was estranged from her half-sister while well, my mother spends every Thanksgiving with her and, just, you know, she comes up uh, during the summer. I mean, it's just things like that. That And, you know, just describing him as this angry, angry man, and that's just not the man I knew. So I think part of the impetus behind the book was I wanted to set the record straight. I, I wasn't aware of that. I've never read that book. I will... Um... Don't I'll bother. Sure that, yeah, I will make sure I don't. I don't want to be uh, sending any money that way. Um, now that you've written the book, and you know, obviously, it was a a labor of love for you. It's it's been inside you for such a long time. How how do you feel finally getting it out there? You know, I think um, it, it was it was a difficult process. You know, it was a lot of years. But I think the the 
biggest accolade in, in having written the book is when people say to me, your dad would be so proud of you. And yeah. I, that just makes every tough moment of writing it, you know, worth it. Because yeah. I, I do think that people, you know, that are interested will, will know who he was. And the other thing I, I also wanted to mention, um, going back to the grief part, you know, you would mm. ask, was it difficult to, to write about that? And initially, you know, in, in some of the earlier drafts, I had a very tough time with that. And it was actually my editor who said to me, you, the, your grief is so central to this book, you, you need to be more open about it. And I understood completely what she had said. And in fact, when I did a reading before the book was finished, a woman in the audience came up to me afterward and told me that her father had a terminal illness and that he would be dying, you know, any any day, and that after hearing me read, she knew that she would be okay. And I was so incredibly touched by her words and that, you know, something I had said helped her. It just, it was an unexpected uh, gift in a way. It was pretty powerful. I guess it's, uh, you know, it's going out there and hopefully a lot more people are going to feel that way once they've read it. Well, some of the feedback that I've gotten, um, people have said that it made made them think of their own fathers and uh, you know their relationships. So, yeah. So hopefully it can help in that sense because although grief is so universal, it's it's tough. So, you know, you've obviously inherited your dad's creative gene. You know, being a writer yourself. Are, are there any other similarities you see now between? the man he was and the woman that you've become? Um, I guess we have a similar sense of humor. Um, mm -hmm. I think that I parent uh, probably similar to the way my dad did, you know, unconditional love. I, I hope that I'm as empathic as he was. I feel pretty passionate about uh, politics like he did. All right. Well, I, I guess we've, um, we've got to talk a little Twilight Zone, if that's okay. I know In Praise of Pip was a, a particularly special episode for you. Could you share with us why that one's special? Well, I hadn't actually watched many Twilight Zones while my dad was still alive, and it wasn't until several years after he died that I started to. I think, and I, as, and I wrote about this in the book, I think initially I was doing it more to see my father on television, you know, and connect with him that way. Mm -hmm. And I came across the episode in Praise of Pip. You know, watching it, I realized that my dad had used some of the dialogue from a routine that he and I did where he used to say to me, Who, who's your best friend, Pops? And in the show, uh, Jack Clubman says to his son, who's your best buddy? And it was, mm -hmm. was so poignant to me that, and, and connected me to my dad in a way I hadn't expected. The thing is, the, the Twilight Zone for me, and for so many people, is uh, it is Rod Serling's show. You know, even though other people wrote different episodes and so on, it's, he was the driving force and he was this ever-present presence on the show. And, you know, they have tried to carry it on in his absence and at the moment they're trying to do it again. Do you think The Twilight Zone can continue without him? I feel rather conflicted about that. I, I have to be honest that I didn't watch any of the remakes in, I guess, the 80s and the 90s. They try, they, I know they've tried it twice. I, mm -hmm. I personally think it's really difficult to duplicate it without my dad. 
I think the strength of the original was, you know, needless to say, the writing. I also think the use of black and white made it made it much better than color. I, I worry that they'll try to put in, you know, some kind of wild special effects and take away from what was essentially so terrific about the original. I mean, they, they I think they really stumbled in the, in the remakes and so on because there's really no writer that I can think of who can be so prolific and maintain that level of quality. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, he, he admitted to having some turkeys, but I think, you know, for the most part, he was he was very pleased. He'd, he'd written 92 of the 156 episodes, and mm-hmm. um, I think there was something like 252 scripts that he'd written in 25 years, and I've often actually thought about that, how, how, you know, how prolific he was back then and how much more he would be today with a computer. He, he was not very electronically monitored, but I think once he, if he got the grasp of, you know, the computer, he would have loved it. <laughs> we can only imagine, yeah, I guess. Uh, so, you know, there's also been talk of a biopic. I, if I think to myself, would I want someone doing a biopic about my dad, then... I'm not sure I would be okay with that. How how do you feel? I feel conflicted about that as well. And I'm the last I heard, I don't know what's happening with that actually. Mm-hmm. So right. um, it seems to perhaps have gone south. Um, so yeah, I feel a little conflicted about that. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it would be a very strange experience, I could imagine. Mm-hmm. So when's the book out? The book will be out April 30th. And, you know, I, I really want to thank you for speaking to me today. I um, I can't really express how much of a, a positive influence your dad has been on me and, and countless other people. And, you know, I'm genuinely sad that he isn't still with us, but I think the world is a better place for having had him in it. And I know I speak for everyone listening when I say that that affection that we have for him extends to you too so you know thanks for giving us an opportunity to get to know him a bit better and and you that little bit better as well thank you so much tom I, i'm so appreciative and i know if my dad had heard those words he would have been as well oh great that that's uh, that's good to hear thank you so much <laughs>